your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Watch out, everybody. Thanks for coming out to put me. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Please put your hands together. 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 That is the shittiest round of applause. I'm wearing two denims, you jerks. I'm wearing one denim shirt and one denim jacket. You have to love me. That's, I mean, not, not as a person, but visually. When you, sh- when you see me, I, you should be stunned. Because <laughs> you can't even understand how'd she even layer that. That's beautiful. That's what you should be saying to yourselves. Good to see you. Thanks for coming to the UCB on Tuesday night. Let's hear it for you. You should clap for yourselves. You should uh, put your hands together for you. We got an awesome show tonight. I'm particularly, I'm, I'm in a great mood. I'm real excited about all the comics we have on the show. I'm in a great mood against all odds. I've been a real bitch for like two, three days now. So sorry. Uh, specifically to my girlfriend. So round of applause for my, uh, my girlfriend. <laughs> Just been a real bitch. Uh, sometimes because I'm like a tiny uh, lesbian, I'll, I'll, I'll like boss her around in like a weird, like a weirdly almost misogynistic Sort of a like a like we're joking about headers like wouldn't it be funny if I said get me coffee you know like if wouldn't because that you know but then under that I like super do want that coffee right now <laughs> so I've been a real bitch but I feel good right now uh, at this exact present moment I went to Portland over the weekend which was very nice yes did some shows up there I see that. Uh, that, you, that you're clapping, you're wearing a flannel. That's correct. You're wearing the right thing to care about that city. Uh-huh. It's nice to visit Portland, uh, although I do feel like less of a special flower when I'm in Portland, Oregon, because everybody looks exactly like me. The boys look like me. The girls look like me. Uh, I do not feel interesting. Like, they look like me, but also they own a bus that makes grilled cheese. You know, like, I'm like, oh, that is, I guess you went up to me. And it's a double-decker bus, and it just, it makes grilled cheese on the first floor. And on the second floor, there's a Vespa. If you open up the seat, then there's a vintage dress store in there. So it's kind of, there's just a lot going on. There's a lot of different, most of the stores in Portland are in broken vehicles. I don't know if you guys have been to Portland enough to know how true that is. But it's just like... I actually did eat gr- grilled cheese out of a out of a school bus. That's just and the the best part about that is because like what? How did that? Because there's only two options. One is like that there was a guy who was like, I really need to make grilled cheeses. It is my life's grilled grilled cheese. I really need to make <laughs> grilled cheese, but I cannot afford a static building. Or the other option is that there was a guy who's like, what are we going to do with this bus? But like one way or another, they came up with the idea, grilled cheese bus. Very interesting. I, uh, yeah, it's also, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an exhausting city. I just don't know what kind of sausage I want. I don't know. Just bring it to me. I don't know. What's the difference between vegetarian and vegan sausage anyway? I don't want a chicken apple sausage. I want a pork 
apple sausage. <laughs> Wrap it in a chicken sausage, fry it in meat, and then put it between two vegan sausages. There's just a lot of options. It's tough to recycle there or figure out how to order things at a grocery store. I understand that the show Portlandia exists, and I know that that's true, but it is exhausting to live there. Uh, and I, I like, I've been a little bit... Uh, trying to connect to L.A. since moving here in September, just like, I don't know if this place does it for me. It's so, everybody's so, they're in their cars and they're beautiful. And, the, and then I went to Portland, I was like, oh, these people look terrible. Like, I'm so glad to be back where everybody's superficial and you just throw whatever you have wherever. Like, this is a beautiful city and the entire city smells like piss. Do you know that about this city? I love it because it never rains here. People just pee on everything. Well, just leave it. We'll just leave it. We don't clean that up. It's beautiful. We can pee wherever we want. I'm into it, LA. I missed you. That's an exhausting city. I like it. Great to visit. Nice to be back where people care about scarves. And I don't mean because they're warm. I'm talking about decorative scarves that are wrapped around a cigarette. You know what I mean? Nothing says LA to me much like a, like a, like a mini scarf on a cigarette. Can you imagine that? Doesn't that sound like LA? Then three necklaces. <laughs> I was also thinking about the last time that I was in the like the Pacific Northwest. I used to be a well, I used to be a circus ringmaster for a punk rock underground circus company, and I'm not kidding. That's just my life. That's just the life I've already led. I'm 31. That's already I've done that, and I'm on the other side of that. Just like oh yeah, I've oh touring with the circus. Yes. <laughs> uh, and not, not like an animal circus, uh, like a, like ladies with tattoo. Not like not like ladies like like whipping a lion, but like a woman with a tattoo of a whip and a lion. You know, like a like a punk rock. Like they hang from their necks on trapezes and stuff. But they're also like pretty feminist, and they're pretty feminists as well. They're beautiful women with great bodies. So I used to work with a circus company, and we toured uh, all over the country. One time we went on uh, like, a, like a continuous tour in a 14-passenger van uh, that was, we had painted on the side of this van. It was me and seven female acrobats for five weeks. They were the best five weeks of my life. <laughs> These women are beautiful and flexible and interesting to talk to. They have interesting lives. Oh, you're a clown? You're still a clown? You're going to be a clown for the rest of your life? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and we we toured in this uh, in this four, in this fourteen passenger van that like we had painted on the side. It just said like we are a circus or whatever, like something that was a little bit more. It's called El Circo Chipo Cabaret. It's in Chicago, Illinois. That's where it's based. And uh, we, that was was painted on the side, and then like a picture of a gal on a trapeze. And then we all loaded all of our. Oh, this is the other thing that you should know. Uh, when you travel with trapezes. Uh, you know, you don't, do you know how you package those? Let me lay this on you. Uh, if you're traveling with a trapeze, you put that right in a gun box. Like a gun box is uh, something that protects a gun, also really good at protecting a trapeze. It's a very expensive piece of equipment. You don't want to get fucked up because that's your lifehood right there. Also, you've been saving for like 27 years to get that because you're very poor. You work in the circus. Like that's not a, I mean, you make like, you make like $5,000 an hour, but you only work like one hour a month. So it's like, that's just like tough, you know? Um, so they, you put trapezes in gun boxes. We drove over the Hoover Dam 
And uh, I don't know if anybody here's ever driven over the the Hoover Dam. You have to like, yeah, have you, sir? You have to you have to like empty your entire. They search your car. Uh, I think that probably if you were in like a normal looking vehicle that didn't say like wear a circus on the side, <laughs> that they'd probably just be like, keep going, ma'am, go on through, go on through. But when we pulled up, we're like, ta-da! And they were like, uh, you're gonna probably have to all get out of the car. Can you tell us what you're doing, ladies? Because you all look suspicious. You're wearing matching outfits. Uh, we actually were wearing matching outfits. Um, and they were like, plus, what's with all these guns you guys are carrying? Because they opened up our trunk. And then we were like, those aren't guns. Those are trapezes. <laughs> and then the security officer was like, oh, sure. Like I'll believe that load of bullshit. But then he opens it up. Ha ha, a trapeze! What a day for him, you know? <laughs> Can't wait. I just wish I could have been there when he went home that night. You wouldn't believe it. They said there were trapezes. There were actually trapezes in there. So it was really a circus. And other than that, this job is actually pretty depressing. So I'm glad I had that day today, is what he would have said. But that was one thing that we did. Another thing that we did, we were driving through uh, that part of Northern California that's mostly weed. Has anybody been there? There's an area of Northern California that's mostly just made of marijuana. The, the streets are paved with uh, pot, is what I'm talking about, weed, uh, marijuana. And, um, you know, like, you just, we started to get through this part of Northern California where, like, you know how you, you just see those kids that they're just, it looks like they're entirely made of corduroy? It's just like every type of corduroy has been sewn together, and that's their body, just like, wide whale, skinny whale. And they're just, and they have a dog and, like, an army-issued backpack, just like, we're, t- we're like... Hey, we're not following fish, but we could be. You know, like they're saying stuff like that. And they're just hitchhiking through Northern California. So we're driving through in this 14-passenger van, and uh, the van starts to overheat. So we turn on the heat in the van. This is in summer, to get the heat off the engine. It's very hot in this van. It's like 90 degrees. All of these circus acrobats are like, you know what we should do? We're really warm. We should just take all of our clothes off because they're very comfortable with their bodies. I was like sitting directly in the middle of all of these women, just like, I think I'm actually gonna keep my bra and underwear on, but you guys go ahead, you know? <laughs> but please don't, I, if you're talking to me, maintain a lot of eye contact because we are friends and I don't wanna stare too much at you, but you look good. So everybody's naked, I'm in bra and undies, and we start seeing all these hitchhikers. Now we didn't pick any of these people up. And to this day, I consider that one of my greatest failings as a human. Because let me lay it on, let me lay this out for you. Let me lay this out for you, okay. These people, these like corduroy hitchhikers with dogs and like a backpack, like all of their friends know that they are super into drugs. Like if you're that kind of person that you're just like, I'm giving up my life to hike around weed town. Like everybody's like, they're really into drugs. So let's say that you're that person. And then one day a van pulls up and says like, we're a circus. They just throw open the door and it's just naked acrobats. Like get in here. We'll take you wherever you want to go. Like if you had that story, but you were also that person Who in your life would ever believe you? Do you understand the lifetime of frustration that we could have set these dudes up for? Just like, no, I swear! This happened! I swear on it! Naked! It was a circus! So bummed we didn't do that. Well, guys, we have an amazing show tonight, and I'm going to get it started right now. I'm going to bring to the stage uh, 
a gentleman. He, he lives in New York usually, but he's visiting us in L.A. For, for a couple weeks, and I'm really excited he's here. You, you might see him on uh, Best Week Ever, the very funny Mr. Dan St. Germain, guys. Give it up for Dan! Hey! What's going on, everybody? Who are, what are you tweeting about right now? Oh, yeah? Are you, wh- who are you from? Where are you from? No, I know, but like, why are you writing down my name? I'm so happy you have a girlfriend right now. Uh, you have no idea. It's like, oh, it's just for the collages I make in my van. Uh, what's your name? Jordan. Jordan. Why, were, why were you writing my name down? Right, okay. Cool. You know it's the president you're supposed to be assassinating, and not me, right? Guys, he's not... What do you do for a living? Oh my god. <laughs> this can't get any better. <laughs> You're a bowling alley supervisor. <laughs> like, you know, just in case we need some comedians for the bowling alley, you know, in the back, do some shit in front of the urinal cake dispenser. <laughs> How'd you meet your girlfriend here? At the bowling alley. At the bowling alley? <laughs> Must have been a pretty rough night, huh? <laughs> Everybody's so sensitive. I'm glad. How long have you guys been dating for? Uh, two and a half years. Wow. Still at the bowling alley? Yeah. That's a, it seems like a good place to work. Yeah. What did you do before that? Nothing. Nothing? <laughs> so the bowling alley, that was like, I mean, your parents are proud, obviously. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Good. I mean, it's a manly job. You know what I mean? I guess, I don't know what would be an unmanly job, but Pinkberry Taste Tester, I have no idea. Um, I, uh, I actually was producing a show at uh, UCB in New York, um, and uh, I was passing out flyers for the show in uh, front of the theater, and uh, I, this mailman walked by, and he, he took like a flyer from me, and uh, I swear to God, he looks at it and he goes, UCB? I deliver mail there! And I was like, that was the most mailman shit that you could have possibly said. It's my friend Barry the Milkman, he delivers milk there! And Marty the Mechanic, he's got an eating disorder. Not all these are going to end the way you think. Uh, guys, just remember, any joke that you don't laugh at tonight was dedicated to the troops. So... You were being dicks if you didn't laugh at that because the troops are all backstage and they're in support of everything I do. Pope resigned yesterday. That's crazy, right? You guys don't give a shit, but I give a shit. 600 fucking years. It hasn't happened in six. That is the mouthpiece of God. And he, 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 put, up his, he put up his Pope hat in the stand. That was it. Like He's the mouthpiece of God. That means that like God, like, like whispered to him, and then like he leaned in, and then God was like, "You got to get the fuck out of there." <laughs> that's crazy. And the, the the thing that's even crazier than that is that like every institution that's like the Catholic Church or whether it's CIA or whatever has their deepest, darkest secrets that we'll never know about, and we know about the fact that they molested thousands of kids. <laughs> so what don't we know about? <laughs> What can be worse than that? 
Where it's like, all right, they found out the by the by the kid molestation, but as long as they don't have, as long as they don't find out about the velociraptors we had trained by Casey Anthony, you know, <laughs> or like the time machine we specifically built to go back to the '40s and high five Hitler. Um, I've been uh, I've been depressed lately. Facebook does not help that. I went on Facebook the other day and I woke up to the most triumphant Facebook status updates in the world. Where it's like, me and Jenny are getting married. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Just got my master's in art history. I'm finally going to work at the museum. <laughs> and then I've got to try to keep up, you know. And I'm like, found an interesting rock on the way to the liquor store, you know. <laughs> got through a whole night without crying and then I've got to like it two hours later because nobody else will. <laughs> I'm a manic depressive. A lot of people ask me, what does that mean? You get sad sometimes? I'm like, I don't get mood swings. I get full-blown emotional monster truck events. Where it's like, this weekend in Dan's depression, his thoughts of the one who got away go up against his dreams of becoming a major league baseball player. Who wins? Who cares? Because Dan can't come when he's on Lexapro. Uh, my girlfriend left me recently. Uh, I don't know if I want to say left me as much as she free willy jumped over me and I touched her stomach on the way down. Uh, I got my heart broken by women twice. The first time I got my heart broken, somebody asked me what went wrong. I was like, she's a bitch. That's what went wrong. But when you're the one who fucks up a relationship and people ask you what happened, you start to sound like the head of FEMA after Katrina. <laughs> People are like, Dan, what happened with you and Madeline? And I'm like, uh, mistakes were made. Uh, there uh, wasn't enough oversight. We're working around the clock to make sure this doesn't happen again. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, do you, my friends are like, do you write an angry email to her? Let her know you're pissed. And I was like, I write Like, if I write, I, I shouldn't write. Any woman who stays with me more than six months doesn't deserve an angry email. If anything, they deserve a medal ceremony. <laughs> So coming in silver, Jen Malik, for pretending not to notice Dan crying during Land Before Time. <laughs> and gold, Christina Ryan, for letting Dan be the spoony because he was afraid of a tree outside their window. <laughs> I did quit drinking again. Um, people say, oh, it must be hard to explain why you quit drinking. Like, not nearly as hard as it is to explain why you got kicked out of a Best Buy for being too touchy. Uh, <laughs> my uh, favorite drink was Evan Williams whiskey. I don't know if anyone's ever had Evan Williams before, but I sum it up like this. Imagine all the other hard liquors and cocktails having an early evening happy hour. A late afternoon soiree, if you would. Evan Williams would be the drink that shows up drunk and uninvited. <laughs> Where it's like, Jim Beam, I'm so glad you could make it. Come in, come in. Thank you, Jack Daniels. Yes, it's been so difficult with the kids and work and all. And dear God, is that Evan Williams? Oh, make way for the mayor of Fucktown. <laughs> hey, sugar tits, how about tossing a pity fuck old Evan Williams away? My name isn't Sugar Tits, it's Bacardi Lemon. 
and I find you a little less talk and a lot more pity fuck, pity fuck. I'm gonna make your butthole look like seal's cheeks. Uh. <laughs> Evan Williams, you are making a scene. Oh, look at me. I'm Maker's Mark. I think I'm a big deal because I'm a sipping whiskey with a college education. Well, sip on my dick, you Ivy League Goodwill hunting motherfucker. Sip, sip, sippy cup on my University of Phoenix Online Freedom Ride. Evan, what are you running from? The police! I stole a copy of Space Jam. No, Evan, what are you really running from? Myself. I'm running from myself in the arms of the angel far away from here. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens in Atlantic City follows you home and accuses you of rape. I gotta end because I got the light, but there was about 10 more minutes of that. Thank you guys. Have a good one. Guys, that's St. Germain. Let's hear it for Dan one more time. But how could the... How could the butthole look like a cheek? I don't... That's the one part. I was like, I don't, I don't know. One more time for Dan. Come on. You guys are very... You're very smiley, but at the same time, you seem distant. I'm, and I'm worried about you. I'm wondering how you are and if you, if you feel okay. Because you all look a little bit... Like you're, like, you're just like, yeah, we're all right. And I just like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Get in here. I want to give you some noogies and talk to you about what's, are you, you know what I mean? Like, are you, how are you doing, sir? You seem kind of, you seem relaxed, but also kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to like this, you know, and it's already happening. <laughs> how, what's your day like? How, what did you do today? You didn't do, you just woke up now? You woke up at one and then just nothing till this. Were you, because you were excited? You were like, I'm not going to even do one thing before I go to the show tonight. I don't want to put anything else in my... Yeah, okay. Um, well, you and I had a similar day. Just kidding. I uh, walked in a circle. I like to walk in a circle in my neighborhood. It's because it's... Because uh, I, I live in uh, Los Feliz. And you can kind of... You just can kind of walk past all the... I think everybody that works in the business is just like, is she out? It's like... She really, because I put on uh, like a hiking outfit, which nobody wears even when they regularly hike. And then I'm just like, good morning, governor. And I just hike around my neighborhood, going to the Albertsons, other stuff like that. Um, I think it's very adorable and relatable. Uh, and I think that my community really appreciates that from me. It's kind of like a mascot, like kind of a community mascot. I wear a lot of, uh, I wear a lot of jean shorts. It doesn't even matter if it's cold. I'll pop these legs right out. I don't like to wear pants. My legs get sweaty. I got a lot of... Knee flop sweat. I call them dank legs. I get dank legs. Thank you, that guy. Finally. How's your How's your day going, sir? Great. Yeah. What did you do today before this show that we're at? Well, I saw Craig Ferguson. You saw Craig Ferguson the the show. Yeah. Like not you're just I'm just walking no. around and you're like what's up? Um, you went to see that uh, Craig Ferguson taping. Mm-hmm. Uh. Isn't that funny that it's during the day? But then he pretends it's at night. That's, a, that's an L.A. thing. How about that? Crazy. <laughs> How was the taping? Pretty good. 
pretty good. He, he's a funny dude. Uh, love how he always, you know, walks towards that camera. <laughs> are you visiting L.A.? Yes. Oh, awesome. How long are you here for? You, you're visiting? Uh, Till next Monday. Till next Monday. That's a good long trip. Yeah. Uh, you, already you're having, you're like nailing it right out of the start. You're like, I'm going to go to Craig Ferguson. I'm going to see that Esposito girl. Uh, that's weird that you didn't know my first name. It's Cameron. Um, and then also, what, do you, what else do you have on tap before Monday? Doctor Who convention. <laughs> Shut up, Hedya. Uh, well, congratulations on having a hobby. Also, I'm like, I'm very. Here's the thing: I've not ever seen one episode of Doctor Who, and I'm really into sci-fi uh, stuff. But I just don't even. If we're, uh, if I'm trying to get into it now, is it too late? Because it's been going for like 27 years. <laughs> it feels like I wouldn't know where to start. Start with an episode called The Eleventh Hour. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. That couldn't be easier. <laughs> well, sir, thank you so much uh, for those listening at home. Uh, you can watch House of Cards first. Uh, and, then, and then pop right over to The Eleventh Hour, Doctor Who. Thank you so much. For, and, and have a great time at the convention. I hope, uh, I hope David Tennant's there. Look at me. I don't even, I've never even seen the show. But that's a guy who was on it. I know names. Speaking of names, this next comic has one. Uh, <laughs> he's one of my favorites since moving to LA. I know you guys are going to love him. You've probably seen him on the television show Community. Let's hear it right now for Eric Charles Nielsen. Give it up for Eric. They say you can't live in fear. Have they even tried? I say you can't live in Florida. I grew up there. That's where I learned to live in fear. I had my first crush there. I was 12. I had a crush on this, this girl, and I wanted to write her a love letter, but I, I had a problem. At that age, I was mostly known around the school for winning spelling bees and yelling at teachers. I actually won the county spelling bee that year. The local newspaper printed an article in which they misspelled my name. <laughs> next to a picture of me wearing a name tag. <sighs> I'm like, okay, I, I'm 12. I am very awkward. I have no chance with this girl. I have to confess my love to her. I need an ingenious plan. And I came up with one. I also wrote a second love letter addressed to me from her. So if she didn't like the first letter, I could show her the second one and say, that's a forgery, much like this letter I received. Someone is trying to make fools of both of us. <laughs> that, that Halloween, I dressed up as my favorite television character, Worf from Star Trek The Next Generation. And I got my mom to make me a Starfleet uniform, and I put on a, a lot of uh, makeup and, and uh, wig. And I, I, the problem was, no matter how much latex I put on my forehead, blackface is still blackface. <laughs> so, so, that, that summer, I went to a month-long summer program for gifted students where I was mercilessly bullied by the other gifted students. 
Someone broke into my dorm room and taped over all my Beethoven albums with They Might Be Giants. <laughs> Subtle hierarchy. <laughs> hey, hey, flamenco dancers, stop applauding yourselves. We're good. Your arrogance disgusts me. My, my wife is a real person. I did not make her up for comedy purposes. Although that could be really convenient because then I could just write anything. Like, I love my wife. She's pretty funny, but she can be bound by the limitations of reality. Women, right? I don't think it's fair, actually. I think just because I have a real wife, that doesn't mean... I shouldn't be allowed to have a fake comedy wife. I'm going to do it. I'm going to hire an actress and stage a wedding, write more jokes about my fake wife, stage the jokes in public so people think they're real, hide my fake wife from my real wife, hide my real wife from my fake wife, lead a life of paranoia, file for a real marriage license with my fake wife in case anyone checks the records, get caught forgetting to switch out my real, my real wedding ring for my fake wedding ring, go to jail for bigamy... <laughs> Why did I insist on two wedding rings? That's an unnecessary complication. Emerge from prison with hard-earned wisdom. Work on restoring the trust of my fans. Resolve to make things right with my real wife. And possibly my fake wife. I don't even know. Write a best-selling memoir. Write a movie based on my best-selling memoir. I play myself. My fake wife plays my real wife. I play my fake wife. <laughs> Go to the Oscars with my real wife and my fake wife who's nominated. I win the Oscar for best actor. I win the Oscar for best actress. Narrowly edging out my fake wife who snaps insane with jealousy. She shoots me in cold blood. My real wife finds the body, calls the police. They say, what happened? She says, I don't even know. And I'm gonna write a sequel to that memoir, but she can't make it into a movie because I'm dead and my fake wife's in jail and she's not an actress. That's the life I want. I am the Michael Jordan of not being Michael Jordan. My wife is a big fan of Harry Potter. Uh, You'll have to take that up with her. <laughs> she came to me with an idea for a Harry Potter-themed T-shirt. And she says, all right, the front of the shirt reads, I died when Snape cried. And the back of the shirt reads, I cried when Snape died. It's my wife's idea. I also have an idea for a Harry Potter T-shirt. The front of the shirt reads, I died when Snape died. And the back of the shirt reads, I'm Snape. <laughs> I went to Goodwill with my wife, because that's the kind of wife I have. And there was a car in the parking lot with two bumper stickers, one of which read, Don't Shoot Bears. And the other of which read, Speeding Kills Sea Lions. <laughs> Why are sea lions on the road? <laughs> I think those are the last two environmental concerns. Like, I think that the sea lions one was the last one. We're going to need to make up some more. Otters are flammable. 
Moose don't want your cocaine. I recently did a commercial for makeup. Makeup! Don't like your face? Draw another better face on it. The commercial for the concept. I recently moved in with my wife. I recommend it just to avoid the questions. I like it. I really do. Uh, I think largely because I used to get into a lot of arguments with my roommate. Like I remember this one time we were out of bread and he's going out anyway. So I say, hey, on the way home, could you pick up some bread? He looks at me. He says, what, do I look like I'm made of time? I say, no. Time's an imaginary concept. A person couldn't look like it. He says, your mom's an imaginary concept. I say, my mom is dead. He says, a lot of imaginary concepts are dead. Look at communism. I say, look at disco. He says, don't you mean listen to disco? I say, I don't want to listen to disco. You listen to disco. He says, time's not even an imaginary concept. It's a fundamental property of the universe. I say, my mom's not even really dead. I made that up. He says, your mom's not imaginary either. I say, you're imaginary. I live alone. (laughs) Thank you. Good night. Cameron Esposito, your host. Podcast you have together. beautiful oh, shoes I've on, I've never sir. been on a podcast. This is going to be my yeah. first. Oh, wow. Well, I'm honored to yeah. have you because you're um, a hilarious dude. Uh, Chris. Is it really your first? Yeah. I don't believe that. Yeah. How come no one's asked you to? You're a, uh, two or three people have asked me. I just. The thing is, I don't listen to podcasts. Like, I can't listen to podcasts. Why not? Because uh, I get nervous, like, hearing a conversation that I can't participate in. <laughs> Like, That's I'll a great reason. Probably be okay I with this one because it's a comedy show, and I expect yeah. to not be. Do able you to yell at the television? No, That's but I don't listen to anything conversational. Like it's, if it's not scripted, I'm like, oh, where's this going? Where's this going? Oh, no, I wait a minute. That guy that got that thing wrong. As long as it's scripted. <laughs> so what if what if you did like a scripted podcast or listen to one? Yeah, like the thrilling do they, adventure. Do they hour. have those? They do. Yeah. I I'll like, send you I some should links. look into this. Yeah. I should look into this. With like a sound. Like a Mark Maron show scripted, right? Person. That's all. Yeah, they've, they've done the previews yeah. and they're all. <laughs> yep. It's, Mark writes both people's parts. It's, yes. very, <laughs> it's cast uh, by an actor that just sounds <laughs> like Dame Cook. I was going to say, it's a, it's Mark and then it's just James Adomian playing all the other <laughs> guests that he's he interviewing. Like it. he's, oh, you know, he's I really good. Oh, come on. Let's hear it for Eric. <laughs> he is awesome. Like what a hero! Wouldn't you be him if you could? Not, if you, I don't know what world I'm talking about. Where like we can just switch bodies. I guess I'm just saying if this was a Jamie Lee Curtis movie, wouldn't you want to swip, swatch and swatch? Wouldn't you want to? Wouldn't you want to slip in there? You know what I'm saying? Pop that on. Live in that brain. You know, really, really kind of ruminate around. What am I saying? I don't know Lindsay Lohan. She was also in that movie. I think. Okay, great. Hey, uh, this next comic, I'm so excited that she could be here tonight. She is, so she's been living in L.A. for, I think maybe two years now, maybe less than that. Uh, She's a New York comic, and she came out here, she was living out here, and she's moving back to New York, uh, because, hey, she vibes that city. And we're not going to throw her under the bus for that. Instead, what we're going to say is, fuck yeah, 
get out there and enjoy yourself, but also, how about one last set? You know what I mean? Guys, that's what tonight is. You get to really send her off. So you can be sweet and you can listen with your ears and you can clap your heads off because, like, she's going to live on a different coast, you know? That's going to be far. And I understand this is also a podcast. So, New York, welcome her home. Uh, let's hear it right now for the hilarious Claudia Kogan. Give it up for Claudia, guys. Come on! It's true. It's true. I'm leaving. Um, I was here. I don't know if you saw me while I was here. I don't know if you got to witness that. Uh, probably not. Uh, I am moving back to New York. Uh, why? I, I don't know. I don't have a lot of re- like People keep asking me why. Because uh, I don't drive very well. Do you guys drive? A lot of drivers here? You guys drove here tonight? Does anybody want to give me a ride home? <laughs> Does anybody want to do that? Um, I'm very clean. Uh, and if you want to do like a drive-through thing, I would pay. Um, I don't. I'm not leaving this stage till I get a ride home. <laughs> Silver Lake. Silver Lake. Come on. All of you live in Silver Lake. <laughs> All of you, all of you, every single one of you, except for the guy visiting. Um, where are you staying? Uh, well, I'm not, I don't really remember. Right you don't really remember? <laughs> That's a lie. He just doesn't want to give me a ride. <laughs> That's a st- bald-faced lie. I could see right through you. You just want to get to your Doctor Who convention, 6 a.m. <laughs> 6 a.m. Doctor Who, Doctor Him. Um, that's how it goes over here. I did move to LA, and like people were like, because I'm from, I am from New York. I grew up in New York City, and I was like, I'll take on all those challenges all at once of living in a new city, learning to drive, uh, not having any friends. That's a great idea. <laughs> And then I was like, after a year and a half, no, I can't do this anymore. Because I got to the point, because like when you don't drive here, people look down on you. And like, like walking, just walking down the street, like people shout things at you. <laughs> I started dressing so that people wouldn't look at me, you know, like, 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 I, like you know, just as a way to be like, I, I, you know, don't throw things at me. Um, and like, so I started to tell people when I didn't have a car that I had a DUI instead, that I was... <laughs> That is less embarrassing. That is much less embarrassing. And what's crazy is like, so you, like I took the bus in New York. It's like perfectly fine. Everybody gets on there. In LA, it's like, um, there should be a social worker on every bus. (laughs) They are like, this is like the ignored peoples of LA. Like get in there. Cause like, not only was I like the, the basically, the wealthiest person on the bus. I was traditionally the healthiest. This was like, like the front of the bus was where like, if you had like symptoms that you needed to go over with a stranger, you sat at the front and you're like, what do you guys think of this? You know, like, like you know, um, so I don't know. So I am moving back and, and LA has been like utterly, utterly uh, not affirming at all. <laughs> Because I tried, when I got here, the, my, the first thing I did is I tried to get a job as a waitress. 
And I went to a, uh, like a place, like a friend actually referred me and was like, talk to this guy. And when I did talk to him, he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, um, you're going to have a hard time here um, because the um, server jobs go to the hot actresses. And I was like, yeah, right. But you know what? I'm, I'm a can-do lady. I was like, no one is going to stand in the way of me becoming an L.A. waitress. Because that's my dream. That is what, exactly what I came here for. So I was like, I, was like, I don't want to waste anybody's time. Do you know any restaurants that hire character waitresses? <laughs> You know, like, you know, uh, I, I, like a place, like some like restaurant where I can like emerge from like a trap door in the floor, you know, slowly creak it open, you know, and like just walk out and like, you know, drag a leg over to some table and be like, how is your meal? I'm like wiping drool off my chin and I'm like, uh, how were the mashed potatoes? I hope you were paying attention when you ate them because they're filled with clues. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. <sighs> Happy Mother's Day. <sighs> So, yeah, I won't make as much money as a regular waitress, but I will have the respect of my peers. <laughs> and what could be bad? Um, the other thing is, is my first apartment here, I, it was a sublet of a studio. <laughs> and what a sublet, like, what basically I didn't get the message was this person sublet their studio because they didn't want to live there. <laughs> And they had good reason, because it was a little, it was like a tiny little gas chamber <laughs> facing an alleyway. And so, like, no one knew I was there. It was like an illegal sublet. So, like, even the landlord didn't know I was there. So I was like, wow, like, this is what it kind of feels like if, like, my whole family died. And, like, this, like I'm starting over, like, with no identity. It was the weirdest thing ever. So, like, and then I just kept imagining, like, you know, like, what if, what if I did die here accidentally? Like, who's going to find me? And then, like, also, like, on my iMac, like, Pandora's like, are you still listening? <laughs> and, like, what if no one's there, you know? And then I started, I got really depressed because it just was so bad to be there. I started uh, writing my memoirs. Um, I'm still stuck on the chapter where I give up stand-up comedy. <laughs> that one's called Blazers for Sale. And then, un without even realizing it, I started committing uh, what I call the depression commercial stare. Do you know what that is? Is where you go up to the window, you gently pull aside the curtain, and you just look out at people having fun. And you just can't connect with them because of your feelings. That's, and then as soon as I knew that, I was like, I have to get out of here. Um, all right, I will, in conclusion, enough like L.A. reminiscing. I just will, will leave you on this one thing. Is I don't know what dubstep is. <laughs> but I do think it's the rhythm Gloria Estefan was trying to warn us about. <laughs> Thank you. So what is the date that you're leaving? It's Tuesday the 19th. Tuesday the 19th. And what do you, where are you moving to in New York? Do you have, like... 
a house a housing situation set up and stuff like that? Because I, I know you're, you you lived there have. for years and years. Yeah, and I have. Well, where you're from? My mom is there. My mom oh. is waiting for me. That's where. Like she's does your been mom live? for the last year and a half. <laughs> Uh, she lives on the Upper West Side, and I hate telling people I live or, or like I'm from there because my parents moved there when it was like the Wild West, <laughs> and it was affordable and disgusting and crack filled. So they got a really cheap apartment, and, and they've just been sitting on it. They, yeah, they've been sitting on, it, and now it's like really posh there. So people like assume that you have money. Well, you're pretty posh. Oh yeah, yeah you're like, like a posh. I mean, look at us, a bunch of posh gals. God, 100% posh. Yeah, the poshest. I have to cover it up so people don't get jealous. Yeah, yeah you can't. you like, got to be relatable as a comic. Yeah, I, I don't keep any of that money in any account that I have. <laughs> you just I, put it in piles under your mattress, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I have no access to any of that money. <laughs> the money is all in the apartment. It's in someone else's mattress, yeah, is what it. I'm trying to say. for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Holy shit. That was okay. That wasn't bad. Uh, I'm uh, opening for Reggie Watts right now. <laughs> no, I'm not, but... Uh, hey, this next comic is also one... Of, we've got, like, a great... Just a great show tonight. All people that I have had a chance to see a lot more of since I moved to L.A. I love this guy so much. He's got an album out called Fairbanks. Let's hear it right now for the hilarious Mr. Chris Fairbanks, guys. Give it up for Chris. Come on! I just wanted to ask you, so you, Chris Fairbanks, who, by the way, that is me. I love your comedy jokes. Thank you uh, very you much. You don't want us to use your set tonight on the cast. I was hesitant to. I still, I don't ever... Uh, make a decision and think that I'm 100% correct in making it. Well, you but can my think instinct, on it. my instinct is to not want to use it just because. Can you tell me why? It's a. It was a story. I don't, number one, I don't usually tell a lot of stories that are real. All my jokes are made up, either in my head or or just an experience that I may or may not have had. Very stream of consciousness. Yeah, and like with yeah, with surreal almost. Yeah, sur- yes, I would take surreal. And then, <laughs> And this is a surreal thing that was scary that actually happened to me. And I just opened with it for some reason because I wanted to talk about it because I was thinking about it. And I felt like I made a joke at the end of it that would be a big payoff. Yeah. And then I think I scared the hell out of everyone because it was, you know, I basically almost got raped, I think. But uh, the guy couldn't get it up. I mean, that's the joke. It's like, I, the joke should have been like, what's wrong with me? Why doesn't he have a boner? Like, that's what I, I should have made a joke about. So right now I'm deciding well, when I tell that story again. I mean, first of all, it's interesting that you're telling me you're going to tell it again. Why? No, I will. I will. And it's important. Also, I've been thinking about it for four years. I have it four years. It's now. stuck with you. You have yeah, like yeah. been processing it, and now yeah, you're yeah. trying to bring it to the stage. Right. That is, I think, a very real thing for comics as well. I mean, because if it's something that terrible it also uh, means it's that important right sure. like it had that hold on you that's yeah, yeah, been in yeah. your imagination yeah, yes. for four years of course and so then that's like 
I think always a topic you want to discuss as a comic. Uh-huh. It's like what's the what's the biggest thing that's in my mind right now? Yeah, but then but when it like walks that line of the type of shitty, comic I am too. Yeah. Like, but I mean also like a story that's just like this is a terrible thing that happened. And it was hard to figure people. out how to make no. that funny. They acted appropriately by being frightened because it was scary. But I think the problem that I have with what just happened is I feel like they didn't. They thought I was making it up, and I'm like, oh, well, really? I'm not telling it right. That's if they interesting. They think that for a second that any of this isn't what happened. So you're, and that makes a little bit of sense to me because you're coming in with all of your like comedy tricks being yeah, yeah. using kind of surreal storytelling. Yeah. Like that's what you do, and you're yeah. and you're great at it. So then trying to tackle like a real serious topic. Yeah, I. I mean, that's. I think I need to do it again, but have my jokes yeah. ready and in there and I, timed. And still tell the story, but have jokes. Well, awesome. And, and uh, get away with it. Whether or not we use it on this podcast, you'll come back and do yes. the podcast I'll think, again. I'll think yeah. about it. I'll All think right. about whether or not you use it. But, of course, I don't have to think about coming back. Awesome. Good. Yeah. Yes. Get back here as soon as possible. I will. I okay. will. Well, I'll get out of your nuts here. Don't need me rooting around. (laughs) I like solving mazes, and sometimes you don't have a Highlights magazine right in front of you. You know, you're not at the dentist. So what I like to do is I like to get in the shower just real cold for a second, and then I get out, and then I get some ants, and I sprinkle them on my balls and watch them solve that maze. You guys are being dicks. Weird dicks. Um, well, I'll leave, I'll leave this. It's a quick one. I paid uh, $7 for parking. This is a $7 set. You did not make it worth a dollar a minute. <laughs> one door closes, another one opens. Uh, that's my impression of a guy trying to stay positive while living in a haunted house. That same joke, kind of, but different. Well, looks like everything's coming my way. Uh, that's guy trying to stay positive while driving on the wrong side of the street. Do you think the real Uncle Sam used to walk around on stilts at a Kia dealership? They say this is the biggest fear, public speaking. Uh, this and heights, which is dumb. I think we all know our... Biggest fear is being tipped over while in a porta potty. Uh, okay, those were jokes. I'm gonna leave. Thanks. You guys, Mr. Chris Fairbanks, let's hear it for Chris. I I had a. You guys, I had a, a moderately life changing uh, travel experience going up to Portland. Uh, I flew Alaska Airlines. Sorry, I don't know why that... I flew Alaska Airlines. Air... Alaska Air... I don't know what it's called, but Alaska. I flew that and uh, as a plane. Uh, in it, as like a passenger. I was on an, As- an Alaska Airlines flight. And <laughs> do you guys know they serve free beer? No, I know. There were audible gasps from the audience. That is... First of all, that was my response. And second of all... That shows you that I am not a rich person or that I don't fly first class very much. Because the lady came by and was like, how many of the free beers can we have? (laughs) 
And also, can I please also purchase a whiskey because this is a tiny airplane? Because this is a very unknown airline. <laughs> and we are going to go down. <laughs> it's a very shaky flight. I was so nervous uh, flying. I, I, I do have a problem flying. I, I get nervous about it. Um, and I started getting angry at the woman in front of me who was kissing her baby. Have you ever gotten to that point? Like where your stress levels are there, where you're like, oh, you fucking kiss that kid. You kiss that kid one more time, I will punch your face. And you better stop this lady from kissing her kid because it's really stressing me out. You know, like I can't stand heterosexual kissing. It was a baby boy. You understand. That is like actually a weird response that I really do have a, I understand that they weren't in a sexual relationship. Uh, the mom and that baby. But I do have like a weird a uh, uh, gag reflex sometimes. I'm, I'm sorry to say this. I know there's probably at least one or two straight people in here. And I'm sorry to bring this up, but I do have like a weird visceral uh, response sometimes when you kiss each other. I just don't think that we should legislate our rights based on what makes me gag. You know what I mean? Literally. Okay, so there's like a dick joke in there, but it was not obvious. But you can understand now that I said that, you, you know, you went back and diagram to that sentence you're like oh there it was <laughs> hey i'm so glad these gentlemen are here uh you might know them from their hit podcast sclarbro country let's hear it for the sclar brothers guys thank you thank you yes what's up guys welcome back henderson Osbaldison. Osbaldison. Nice. Guys, what Anderson. can we say, guys? There's some people leaving. That's good. Perfect. Uh, Perfect. Did I just get the light? That's crazy. Wow. How did we, we just got on stage? All right, that's our time. Thanks, no. guys. It's been. I uh, feel bad for Lance Armstrong. I started to feel bad for Lance yes. Armstrong. A little. Because you think about the trajectory of his. Of his career and his life, he wins seven Tour de France. It's a very difficult thing to do. Seven Tour de France. That is in a row. Beats cancer. Right. Dates the hot Olsen twin. There is a hot hot Olsen twin. Uh, Then dump Cheryl Crow to date the hot Olsen Olsen twin. twin. And then you know he found out that he was doping and he had stripped of all the titles. There they made him date the uglier Olsen twin, the one who looks like a bag lady for a little bit. One. They're going to give him back the cancer. Just for two months. A couple of months. Two months with the cancer. try it out. Uh, and I did feel bad for him until he tweeted that picture of him sitting on his couch in Austin with yeah. the seven Tour de France jerseys up above him. And yeah, they just was, happened to be like strategically placed right behind him in here's, the photo. Here's the twit pick caption. He was like, uh, back in Austin, hanging out. <laughs> hanging out. Yeah. I saw that picture. I was like, Jesus Christ, the ball on this guy. It's a terrible... I mean, seriously. I mean, seriously. By the way, we started with the ball on this guy, and then we worked backwards. That's, That's right. How we the that whole, constructed the whole bit around that. We built a house from the roof down. That's right. <laughs> As it is. No foundation there. We were recently up in uh, Portland, and uh, sad to see the tent city of the Occupy movement brought down. That was no longer there. It was kind of a bummer. I was a little bit sad. Because <laughs> the, the Occupy movement was like a one-night stand that turned into like a nine-year relationship. Exactly. <laughs> like, it should have just, just been that great one. night. We're like, fuck it. We're railing against the system. But they kind of painted themselves in a corner because they wanted to rail against all the things that were bad in a society. And legitimately, I would say. Definitely. And then they became a society. 
And they needed all the things that they were railing us, but no one, they were too proud to admit it. Yeah, you'd hear groups of people like, uh, we need a group of people to walk around and make sure that people aren't doing bad stuff to other people. You mean like the cops? No! 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 no. no. Are you fucking kidding me? This is in fucking Germany, man. This is real shit up here. We just need to figure out a way to police these right. people. Right. Okay. Totally, bro. Totally. So, like, I have tea and you have burritos. burritos. Yeah. And if I don't have the tea but I want the burrito, if I write down on a piece of paper that I'll give you the tea. Like money? No! No. Are you kidding me, man? Well, well, wait a minute. What are we going to do with all the strips you of paper? You put it in a centralized place and then other people can access take those. It out take they it out when they want. Like a bank? No! no! nightstand that went too long <laughs> there's another thing that we that that i cannot understand and we've talked about this in our podcast before but i don't understand why anytime in any commercial they personify anything they animate something that thing has to be from new york <laughs> everything it's like hey i'm a fucking lemon from mcdonald's <laughs> I'm a weed in your goddamn driveway. I'm mucus in your stomach. Look at me. I'm a fucking scrubbing bubble. You gotta clean this shit out, asshole. I'm a wart on your ass. You really are a wart on my ass? I'm from St. Louis. I don't know how... You sat down on a subway, asshole. That's how you got... Ridiculous every time. That's yeah. so interesting because so there's I don't know if you guys know the Walsh brothers, but yeah, they love them. amazing. They've been love. on this show, and then also the, in Chicago there's which is where I'm from. There's uh, these gals called the Putterboss Sisters, and those are the only. Oh, I've heard about them. They're amazing as well. I've heard and, them. great uh, stuff about them. They're those oh, are the them. only. Did we meet them? Did they come to our show? Maybe. Maybe one of them. We met one of them. But it's very funny because I don't. I mean, besides musical acts. There aren't really non-sibling well, pairs the that are Well, the Lucas brothers doing, who are in New York, Right, too. the Lucas they're brothers. Also, and, you yeah. Know. Twins. Yeah, there aren't a lot of two-man teams that don't. I mean, and back in the 60s and 70s, it was, it was all, all teams. It was all teams. It was Nichols and May. Right. It was Martin and Lewis. It was, you know, Tim Reed Brooks and, and what's his... And, Tim Reed and... Uh, and uh, now I'm blanking on his name, but that's terrible that I'm blanking. Tom may- Dreesen. Maybe. Tom Dreesen. Dreesen and Do Reed. you think... That at all, that was more of like a one guy sets it up, the other guy knocks it down, though, yes, than what's yes. currently happening. Because I think what's currently happening, what's interesting about it is there's so many sibling pairs. Like, I, I have sisters, and we know how to ch- talk to each other, like right. when to talk over each other right. and when to defer. Like, right. that's a very, it's something that you guys have been working on your entire lives, essentially. Well, people constantly would push us in the direction of, like, hey, one of you should be really dumb and one of you should be really smart. And we're like, but that's not who we are. Right. So it just felt forced. I mean, that felt back yeah. when we were starting to do it, you know, on a regular basis, there weren't a right. lot of brothers. Yeah, these there are were all none. people these are all generations people started, younger than you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in, in comedy as well. Like, right. I mean, I'm not it trying for five to years or something. Sound like we've been doing it forever, but it really was back when we started to actually make that conscious choice to do that. It was a sort of, I guess, you know, not to sound, I don't know, like a postmodern look at the, what a team could be on stage yeah. because there were very clear definitions of what a team was. Between what team a comedy team was a straight man and a funny right. man. The Smothers Brothers kind of set that up and we yeah. were like, let's, you know, I but wonder if we're not going to do it anymore. How long before people got on board with that? 
Uh, it took a while. Because you said people were trying to dissuade you from that. I think, I think people said, this is funny and you guys are funny because, you know, we loved comedy. I mean, we definitely weren't funny at the beginning. We were terrible for a long time. But, like, once we started to figure Some out... Some would argue we still are. Something, <laughs> yes. I don't yes. know any of those people. But, but I think, like, after a while, we got to a point where it was like, okay, let's... You know, we're, we know how to be funny on stage. Now let's give a reason why the two of us are on stage. And let's really try to make that... Like try to make this an impossible act to do when we're not together. Um, well, listen, guys, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, at do you the want show. to answer the question about the? Uh, about she has you. to go back on stage. I have to go back on stage. Gotcha. Do you want us and, to wait uh, and we can finish this right after? If you want to, or, yeah, we'll or also we can. I mean, sure. we'll hang around. I do want to talk yeah. about the material okay. issue. Yeah. That's crazy that it takes you four. I mean, of course it does. Well, I'm I not mean, saying to get like, a full hour. I yeah, mean, yeah. Like, and and by the way, you'll. You'll develop. No, no, maybe. we'll do more than that. You'll develop yeah. seventy minutes, but then twenty is. But it's not as easy for us. We're not walking up there. It, it doesn't. We're also make not s- on the road for like forty weeks a year. We're but not. But it also doesn't make sense for us to walk up and be like, "This is what happened to me. This is my what I think about marriage." Because people won't just accept. They'll be like, "Well, how are you going to twist that?" So yeah. it's less than just saying, "This is what's going on in my life." Sure. And that, if you have that, that's going to be the jumping off point into a larger concept of a bit for the two of us. I mean, it's, I mean, I think we are still trying to figure out how to take material that we've created for our podcast and funnel that into our act. We have yet to like, I think as comedians, just tap into that vein. That's just like, it's well, like right. digging for oil. You really like, you know, so, you know, when a comedian really gets into her or his voice and they like find it and then they just yeah. go into that place and then it's just like, oil well just like spilling out of like material and and tons of stuff I don't think we've ever found that yet but it makes sense to me based on what you guys are telling me about your process that that having that podcast would be a really great thing for you because it almost is like that moment of open micing or bringing like a personal something to talk about like it's a you know what it is it's it's throwaway time I'll tell you what it is the podcast is like we told you our process before is someone has to come in with a nugget the podcast is like harvesting nuggets it's like you it's like every week we're like based on a sports story trying to develop our philosophy about some piece of the human condition and Somewhere in some of those are nuggets of bits and the beginnings of bits, but like have you, you haven't used anything from those. We have some. some. We've tried, some. and sometimes yeah. it works, and sometimes yeah. it doesn't. But like, it's a beginning, and we've been doing the podcast for two and a half years now. So it's, I mean, it's we plan to do it for longer, and so the the, the in terms of like using parts of material that we're still figuring things out like we did some bits tonight that like we're still figuring out what that bit is and is that something that we, does that make it on so it goes into two places yes. does it make it onto the album in which case we gotta get it better we gotta get it tighter we, we just gotta, gotta figure out what's our what's our take on it what's the setup what's our philosophy how does that fit in with what we're trying to say overall where does it fit with all the other material we've developed for this thing or does it not make sense in which case it could be a great bit but like we got to discard it and maybe we'll use it in the future but so to, to, to release it before it's time is like it's literally like baking it's, like it's arts- baking a cake and you're supposed to set it for an hour and yeah. then you pull it out at, a, at 20 minutes and you ask and people, people to, to taste, taste it, it. or so showing I- a piece of artwork before you finish it's like it's not I would anymore. argue though this is this is my only and I understand right. you guys are up yeah. against a different uh, 
road than I am because I'm a I'm performing by myself and I'm not trying to convince you for yeah. this particular cast. But you I would kind say of that are. no, I'm not. This is like a rape. <laughs> um, I think that part of what is cool um, about comedy for nerds, like for people that are really into it, is watching an evolution. And so um, I think there is now more than ever an opportunity to bring that to people, put that in people's ears. So I'm not saying that that has to apply to anybody on this particular show, but that was the general concept behind the show as a whole. Like, what if we just showed, like, what an actual show is like? Because so many... Consumers of comedy, they have like a Comedy Central half hour. That's right. not what stand up is like. That's not what a stand up show is like. That doesn't feel anything like. And it's especially not what the alt scene is like. And for folks that have that live like not in New York or LA, it's this opportunity to tap into this feeling. Here's what I'd say about that is that we do do the roads. So like we do go to yeah. Portland and we do go to Seattle yep. and we do go to San Francisco and we do go to Denver yes. and, and we're going to Chicago and Lexington, Kentucky. I mean, right. These are like not. Lexington, sure. Kentucky is not like a major metropolitan area. Right. Obviously. Chicago, San Francisco, Portland, and, and Seattle are, but we go to those places and people drive sometimes, and they want to so hear So you feel it. like you're almost undercutting. You don't want, like, maybe you don't want to put it out there in a way that, and maybe the So Aziz, I'm sorry, was on the show, and that's a very similar thing that he said, which is, like, he does shows where people have paid to see an hour of his stuff that they very much anticipate they're not going to ever have seen before. That's right. Yeah. And so that seems a little bit more on par with what you guys are talking about. But what and I'm saying is maybe there's a way, and this is over our sort of attitude about our set tonight, where you can do parts of it, obviously, like don't cut it at the setup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like parts of it where, you know, if you want to see more to yeah. actually then see, I heard half of that. I heard some of your stuff and then like I wanted to hear I mean, more. that is the goal. Not to like exploit performers, but instead to give people that might not... I mean, you guys are a huge name, but also... Who knows? Like, who knows who's going to find what podcast and know different yeah. people, and then and then you're coming to Kentucky and they dig you. So yeah. Anyway, this is a really I think this was a great talk, and yeah, I like no. loved it. Thanks uh, for sticking around to uh, talk about it. Everybody also has their own thing. Yeah, and that's the other absolutely. Thing. Like everybody's got their own philosophy as to how they do it. And for somebody who doesn't tour around as much, I think it's a very different thing. Yeah. Because if you're just a person who does comedy in L.A. and then you do albums and stuff like sure. at UCB and whatnot, you want people to hear it because then you want. But if you tour around. I think it's a little bit of a different uh, scenario. Yeah. Do you agree? I, I think so. I mean, I think our stuff sometimes is a little bit of an anomaly to that in that it plays sometimes more like music. It's, you know, it is, you know, two men, two guys going at something for a little bit, and sometimes it feels like that, less, than, less of like a hard joke thing and sure. more of like a... Thing that kind of gets going and it's it can like, change. It's like releasing the jam band cut yeah. instead of the like, yeah. actual. Right. You know what I mean? Because that's, that's, that's part of why people, when people go see like a band be all loose and like and stick with something for a while. But um, I'm gonna go to another show. All right, go do you it. You guys are awesome. Guys, let's hear it right now for the Sklar Brothers one more time. Come on. We do have one final comic on the show tonight, and I am uh, also happy that he is here tonight. He has another show uh, next Tuesday at 9.30 right here at UCB, so it'll be after this show, guys. I mean, that's kind of a twofer, and you should stick around. It's called Stand Uppity, but he's here tonight. Let's hear it right now for Mr. Andy Kindler, guys. Give it up for Andy. 
Yeah. The Ramones. Uh, the uh, Sex Pistols, right? Wrong? I'm going to do this my whole set. Hi, everybody. I'm going to incorrectly guess the name of the music. Tears for Fears? Bananarama? Uh, Blink-182 through 187? Fun Boy 3? Fun Boy 4 through 7? General Public? The Beat? The English Beat? And they said I couldn't get laughs just saying the names of groups. I told them they were wrong. The Go-Go's, more like the Stop Stops. That was my bit from 1982, when the Go-Go's first came out. It's a big hit. Please laugh. I don't care if you think I'm funny or not. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do this. Hey, if Huey Lewis was... Oh, I'm sorry. That's how you know. It's always quiet at the Andy Kindler show. You can hear someone moving around in their seat. What was that sound? Is someone taking out an engine out of a car? No. They're picking up their drink. It's the loudest sound you've ever heard in your life. Doesn't that sound loud? What do you... What, what is that? A joke-sized can of, of something? What, are you, what is that? Was that Carrot Top's beer? What is that? What are you... What is that? A prop beer? What a... Who, what... This is being recorded for a podcast, so I'm not going to burn any of my material. You know what I'm saying? I got my own projects. Think I'm giving this uh, my A stuff to Esposito? You kidding me? I brought my B game tonight. You kidding me? That's the name of my first CD. You kidding me? If I could, if they had wanted to record Room Tone, which was a, a thing they used to do 20 years ago, where they say, everybody be quiet, and we're going to record, they could have recorded it when. When Cameron was telling you about the show next Tuesday, I couldn't. I could tell there could have been. If there could have been, if if you want to say, do you need a cut of of no enthusiasm? Do you need to hear? I have that recorded. You want to hear this? It's oh, I hear that. People clearly not being excited about something. Use that in your. You uh, stick that in the midi. Is midi still an expression? Sampling. Uh, Whitman sampler? No, don't even, look, don't encourage me. You encouraged me before. So, uh, I'm doing a show next Tuesday, 9.30. That's the only reason why I'm here, is to plug my show. It's called Stand Uppity. That's, and then colon. Comedy that makes you feel better about yourself and superior to others. It's going to be once a month here at the UCB. And, uh, please bring this exact same reaction to it. What, you don't think I can put on a show? Is that it? You don't think I'm capable of it. I don't believe that is a show, Andy. So please tell your friends about it. Or tell people who you think would be more excited than you are about it. Why do I have so many things in my pocket? What am I, what am I trying to prove? What am I, pocket guy? Um, hey, if Huey Lewis... And look, I'm going to do some material now that it may go on this podcast. But Ryan, you're, you're biting your own head off up there. You're, you're chewing your own... Uh, they say don't uh, drink where you, dr uh, where you also smoke. You're going to have th this material on this podcast and then three months later you're going to want people to pay 30 or $40 for an Andy Kindler CD? Uh, $20? You want people to pay $7, $8? For an Andy Kindler... That's an old Jewish joke, actually. Uh, $4? You want me to give you $2? Look, 
would you people buy something or do something? I can't keep doing these free shows. <laughs> it's bullshit. I probably had to park four. Bu- I've been mugged seven times, and I want to pay six dollars to park. I got my car towed fourteen times out of the Mayfair lot. Is that funny? Fifteen? What would be a funny number for you people? Be a funny number. Be a funny number. Hey, have I plugged my show? Next Tuesday? I'm not burning any of my... I'm not, you're not getting nothing from me that I can't use. Also, I'm going to sabotage the set. Now try and use that hilarious joke that I haven't told yet. Do you know if Huey Lewis was into comedy, the name of his group would be Huey Lewis and what else is in the news? So happy when I wrote that joke. So happy I would even want Huey Lewis to make a comeback so that joke would be more popular. I'm opening up a comedy sushi restaurant and one of the items on the menu is, is this thing uni? I'm opening up a comedy Mexican restaurant or Mexican comedy restaurant, whatever would be a funnier way to do it. And one of the items is, is this thing flan? What's this? What am I doing that? What am I? Come on, everything out of the till. Everything out of the till. They always do that. Don't they do that? Don't, oh, not you. Not, watch out. Don't do that. Bah, 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 hi, ha. Why can't I play with that guy? A Jewish criminal. Hey, hey. All right. Or a Jewish nice guy. Hi, I'm a nice guy. Well, who's casting something? Nobody. I'm also the voice of Mort on Bob's Burgers. Has anyone heard me do that? That's right. I'm a big shot. What am I doing this show for? an Esposito show. Esposito! You don't look like an Esposito. That's a stage name you came up with. Your name was probably Ka- Cameron Littlefeather. And you said, you know what? I want to be a tough broad from uh, Chicago. Did I say broad? I don't even know what that means. Cameron Esposito, that's right. Okay. All right. I'm not sure where I was going with that. You know, my least favorite hotel... I don't know how to connect material. If anybody knows how. I, I don't write segues. But the best segue I've came up with is, speaking of jokes, but near, uh, near the airport, there's a, uh, a hotel called uh, uh, Extended Stay America. I don't want the name of the hotel to indicate that things aren't working out for me. Yeah, I'm staying at the... My, uh, I didn't realize that I wasn't going to get the job and I don't have enough money to get back to Oklahoma. Sweets. I don't... I don't want to stay at the... Uh, 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 everything I do turns to crap. Shit, I was going to say, but I don't, I don't go blue, so now I have to change that joke. I obviously don't... I don't know if you can tell, but I don't come up with the examples of the joke until I get on stage. That's why they're always weak. Why does everything I do end in failure? In. Uh... I think I have two examples. Lots of people say three. I say two examples if they're rock solid like that one. Now, the Sklar brothers, the Sklar brothers are always requesting that I do old material. And I, and I say to myself, why not do old material if it's going to be for Esposito's podcast? You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to do, they have requested I do a joke that's an old joke. So if you heard it before, uh, that's news to me. I, uh, that whole thing, nothing was funny in there. Just, just erase that last minute from your memory banks. All right, so here's the bit they, uh... You giving me a light already? 
Um, as if, all right, what, do you think there'd be one time in my life that I could get the light without making a smart-ass remark? What's that, a light? Yes, it's a light, you idiot. I'm referring to myself. Um, so here's the bit. What's up with this Y2K? I mean, what is up with this? Y2K? What's next? Why not 2K? This is an old joke, and the, but, and the Sklars requested it. So remember, as you're not enjoying it, remember, it's because of the Sklars. I don't like crockpots. See? Already. Why would I bring up a subject like that at my age? Jokes about, what am I, a 12-year-old? I wouldn't make them up then either. What am I, retired? Maybe then I would do it. I don't like cooking in crockpots because I don't like the idea, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to be hungry 75 hours from now. Let me start... Let me get out the crackers. Let me get out the... Look at that. Eight years of mime lessons. I still open the door into my head. That's the part of the joke they enjoy. The asides. They enjoy the asides. I don't want to be in a, in a comedy condo somewhere and I, what if I collapse and die in the bedroom? They find me three days later as the carrots are simmering to perfection in the other room. Still a solid joke, right, Sklars? Bring it back, you say, Right? You know, Hitler often referred to his enemies as haters. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Give it up for me. Oh, wow. That is our show for tonight. Keep it going for Annie Kindler. What a show we have had. I'm so glad that you guys came out tonight. Uh, this is Put Your Hands Together. I'm Cameron Esposito. We are here at the UCB Theater in L.A. at 8 p.m. every Tuesday night. We will see you guys next week. Put your hands together. 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 Put your hands together, get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together, get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point, and we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.